0: Dave gave him a bump, feed out in front, the big save by Leonard. Closing to his right, but goes around behind the goal. Live. From the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios and live at LVSportsNetwork.com. Colasar again down low. Right side, he shoots. Knocked down. Theodore fires and he scores! This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Your destination for inside access with the team. Exclusive player interviews and breaking news from around the National Hockey League. Here are your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace on the air getting ready for this game against the anaheim ducks in which the vegas golden knights will try to bounce back and avoid losing two in a row it hasn't happened since games uh, four and five of the season so that's uh, been incredible how the vegas golden knights have been able to uh, stabilize things and turn it in the right direction and it's another opportunity to face the anaheim ducks a team that uh, vegas has dominated over the course of the franchise's history. Darren Millard here in Studio 31 getting ready for the Teeth and Hair, the television broadcast from City National Arena. And it's Ryan Wallace uh, out at the Parkway on Park Street. And back there at the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studio is Chris Chapman. Uh, Anaheim the opponent tonight and this is um, a different anaheim team we knew that they were going to be a little bit better than we've witnessed in really the entire uh, time that the golden knights have been in the national hockey league but uh, certainly the first uh, opening quarter of the season has served notice that anaheim is going to be more of a challenge
1: yeah you're, you're absolutely right uh, the anaheim ducks are are intriguing because uh, troy terry's kind of been the the guy at the 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 start and the center of things for anaheim uh, just a ridiculous point streak earlier on in the year. Um, kind of finding a new groove is Troy Terry, but there's so much young talent on this Anaheim Ducks team and, and Trevor Zegras that they're fun. They're exciting. I, I enjoy watching the Anaheim Ducks play hockey, and, and I don't know that that's something we've, you've been able to say over the last couple of years, uh, and the results are, are there for Anaheim right now. You've got great goaltending in John Gibson, and... Um, this is, a, this is a team that I think is legit. They're for real, and, and they're they're going to be kind of pushing all year to, to be where they're at right now in the standings.
0: I'm still not convinced they're a playoff team. Uh, we've watched them wear down, certainly on the goaltending front, uh, in John Gibson over the last number of seasons. Now, they've got a backup that, uh, that they're going to play a little bit more. Uh, Than they have Ryan Miller in the past in Anthony Stollers. Uh, there's more faith in him, and he's been great uh, to kick off uh, this season. Their back end is more dynamic, and they're getting some production out of, out of players that, uh, that are having career years. And one of those is uh, Troy Terry, fifth-round pick. Uh, in 2015, and he's just exploded this season. You add in the uh, the other long, young talent, and then Ryan Getzloff, who won't play tonight, unfortunately. We won't get to see him, uh, but he's back to being a point-per-game player for a 36-year-old, so uh, a little different. Uh, we're going to talk on, on the television side with, with Gary, and it's Darren Elliott working with uh, uh, our, our good old friend uh, Dan Duva uh, tonight in Anaheim. Uh, Gary will be with me, and one of those areas that that Anaheim's made a tweak uh, is is behind the bench, and Dallas Aikens is still the guy, but they've really added a, a lot of uh, veteran presence around him on the coaching staff, including Jeff Ward.
1: Yeah, I, you know, I, I think that that's kind of one of those things that's important, right? Like, I think that you you have to continue to grow and evolve, and. And coaching is so important, especially when you have uh, kind of a core of young guys that you're trying to bring in to the National Hockey League and get get contributions out of. And, and you look at the Anaheim Ducks and, and their special teams and and just kind of the the impact that great point. that coaching has on special teams. The ducks are, are great on the penalty kill and they're even better on the power play. and, and that's something that you know is is really kind of a, a testament to the the coaching that has been done with this group
0: want to just look at you. You bring up the power play and how how effective uh, they have been with a man advantage this year, and I'm just curious where their their power play goals are coming from. And four from Troy Terry, just one from Getzlaf. That's not a big surprise because he's more of of a disher. Then you have a couple from Adam Henrique and Trevor Zegras uh, has a couple. Sonny Milano has three. I would put. Milano and Ziegleris and Terry into the modern style of the game, where you're getting a, a, a young players who have grown up with the the skills coaches. And I mean, we saw a play last night by Ziegleris in the in the L.A. game. Actually, <laughs> didn't score on it, but uh, but certainly they deserved a a, a great result uh, on the, on the effort. And it was a fanned on tap in uh, that the Ducks missed, but uh, Ziegleris made an un- unbelievable play. And, and the power play side, that, that individual skill aspect of it, uh, I think some, in some ways in this new game, this current game that we watch in the National Hockey League, is as good as any system that you can come up with because the individual skill generates so much room and so much opportunity for you uh, just just on its own. And, that, and that's what, what Anaheim's wrote on, on their effect of power play. Yeah, you're you're spot on, and, and you know that that play that you're talking about with Trevor
1: Zegers was just uh, ridiculous in so many different ways.
0: Describe uh, it. It was like between
1: the so, legs. So he puts the he puts his blade b- between his legs and has the puck, and then comes back around uh, on the other side, completely confuses Drew Doughty, and then just sends a beautiful pass over for what should have been a tap in goal. And you know, just the creativity in the moment, the the confidence from Trevor Zegers to try that in a National Hockey League game with you know, one of the best defensemen uh, in, in the game at, at, at various stretches and Drew Doughty uh, there trying to defend the play. It, it, there's there's nothing that scares these young guys when it comes to, to just throwing their skill out on display. And, and I think that's an important thing too. When you have confidence and you trust in your ability at this level, you can make some things happen, and Trevor Zegris does that often.
0: Uh, there was a, a moment this year, too, where a couple of Ducks uh, didn't do what they were supposed to do, and they went back to the bench, and they could feel this glare <laughs> on them. And it wasn't from the head coach. It was from Ryan Getzlab, who then moseyed on down the bench yeah. and just said, hey, and they the the two Ducks went, we know, won't happen again. Good. And, and Getzlav went back uh, to to his spot. And there's there's a little bit of evolution in that side. Now, the Ducks, I mean, we're a long way away from the mid-2010s, where it was Anaheim and L.A. waging that freeway battle, a legitimate freeway battle, for first in the division and for uh, an opportunity to represent the Western Conference in, in the Stanley Cup final. But it's it's getting there there's some there's a light at the end of this rebuild uh with the anaheim ducks there where uh where we thought vegas would be the first couple of years vegas hit the supercharge button on the video game and are, are now up in front although it's, the the revolves kind of reverse right now ryan with with anaheim third in the division and, and vegas fifth it, the gap's not that big yeah but but it's an unusual position for vegas to be in at this stage of the season to be looking up at Anaheim,
1: yeah, and you know that's going to be an interesting kind of dynamic coming into this game because the Golden Knights do have two games in hand yeah. on the Anaheim Ducks. They're behind Anaheim, I believe, three points currently right now. So uh, you win your games in hand, and and the Golden Knights are in a a, a really good spot in, in terms of where they're at with with Anaheim. But you know, I I think it, it's interesting coming into this game because you're going to have a Ducks team that probably isn't too stoked with uh with giving up that lead against the la kings yesterday having to play extra hockey to secure the two points and you know on the second half of back to back i think this is an opportunity for anaheim to kind of flex their muscle and prove that they are this team that that you know wants to be around in the playoff hunt in the playoffs with from this division in the pacific division hey where are you right now you're at the um, parkway parkway tavern and yeah. mark street in henderson
0: all right, uh, on Mark Street or Park Street? Mark Street. Okay, Mark Street. Yep. Uh, and is is that Achy Breaky Heart behind it? It is. Yep. Yep. Sure is. You line dance?
1: Uh, I don't line dance, but I am a big uh, Achy Breaky Heart fan.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for real. What would it take you to line dance?
1: I mean, like I would. It, all it would take me is to learn how to do it. Never have never done it before. Just
0: make it up. Like, is there anybody else up dancing?
1: No, there's there's no one else dancing.
0: So you could just do a solo line dance. It's like, but,
1: but then the, what it, would I do with the show? Like, but, you just want me to take the headphones off and line dance? Yeah, and here? Jeff
0: and Jeff record it. There, there used to be a thing in the Olympics called <laughs> synchronized swimming.
1: Sure, I, I, I know solo, what that
0: is. solo synchronized swimming.
1: Wait, that doesn't make any sense. Though. I know. That's
0: I wrong. know that, So that's, you now that that's why I say it, it used to be in the Olympics. Now it's mm-hmm. like multiple people do the synchronized swimming sure uh but but uh you could do the the line dance. no normally in a line dance you would you need multiple people to make a line but you could just go out there and do the achy breaky heart
1: sorry i just got back from line dancing what'd you say uh
0: the the vegas golden knights have done a good job in in walking the line (laughs) Uh, this year there you go and and coming up with some new moves if we can say that in getting through the month of October and November, it, it it almost feels like now that the the lull. I think they played one game in six days mm-hmm. uh, around Thanksgiving. Yep. And with the bodies that are that are coming back and and the reinforcements that are on the horizon in in William Carlson and and Alec Martinez uh, on the way, uh, that we don't think that they're too far away. It, it feels like the season almost starts now, That the true season for the Golden Knights.
1: Yeah, I think that's a fair assessment. And I, I feel like over the last couple of games, uh, the game against Nashville and even the Edmonton game, if you kind of uh, take out the lapses on the breakaway, yeah. like the, yeah. the majority of the game for the Golden Knights process-wise, uh, those two games were probably two of the best games they played all year. Uh, in terms of the process, in terms of kind of just – clamping things down, playing with the puck, being in the offensive zone. Uh, anytime you're able to, to shut down both Connor McDavid and Leon Draisaitl, and do the job on the penalty kill against that power play in Edmonton and by uh, uh, the same degree that power play in, in Nashville – I think that overall you're playing pretty well, and, and that's a good sign, I think, for the Golden Knights as they go into the second quarter of the season because if you go on a run and you win some hockey games, you string some things together here for Vegas, uh, it, it really does allow you and afford you an opportunity to put yourself in a great position for the second half of the season. Yeah,
0: that That's well put, and Pete DeBoer kind of phrased it in a, in a similar fashion over the last couple of days where there is a point in November... Mm-hmm. Where it was try to get two points any way possible. Yeah. It didn't matter how you played. Whether you, I mean, Anaheim game eight, they let a three-goal third period lead get away, and they end up winning in a, in a shootout. Now, you're giving up one to a division rival, but you get two. Yeah. And, and that was the most important thing. Uh, so however you were to scrape, scratch, claw, play wide open, play defensively, it didn't matter get get two points and then you kind of delve through the tape and and reinforce some fundamentals but you weren't really angry uh, as long as you got the two points and and he mentioned now they're they've transitioned and it's to that and what made me think of it was you mentioned the word process mm-hmm. uh, we're back to hearing Pete talk about the process again mm-hmm. not just the result but it's now he's focused on how you get to the end, and how you're playing throughout the game, and he's he he said something that was really fascinating that that, that I haven't heard a coach say in in my time around the National Hockey League, where uh, the he's gone from scratch claw find a way to get the two points any way possible to it's not just about the two points, it's about how you get there. Yeah, and if you're playing the right way, you will get to a spot where you're going to win on a, on a regular basis. And it, the, the, the script has, has kind of flipped in a, in a weird, strange um, evolution. And yeah, he still wants to win tonight. Yeah. He still really wanted to win that game against the Edmonton Oilers, but did they play the right way in those games? Whereas uh, before it would have been, we were close to getting two points and it it really sucks that that we didn't get the two points. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're back to hearing about building a foundation for this team uh, as the team starts to become its regular self.
1: Yeah, and, and I think that that's that's kind of the important part is is you want to make sure that that the bedrock is laid as quickly as possible because for Pete DeBoer, like the lineup that he had for the majority of the first quarter of the season is is if he's if he's hopeful and and everything works out. Uh, probably a lineup he's not going to use the rest of the year. So uh, you need to make sure that that the the game plan, the process is is implemented for these players coming back and for the team that you have moving forward because when the Golden Knights are healthy and if they are detail-oriented and they're structured in what they're doing, if they hold on to the puck for the majority of the game, if they play games like they played against Edmonton and Nashville, more often than not, that's going to lead to wins just simply because that's how good they are. And, you know, I think Pete's done a great job of kind of balancing that line and finding um, the moments where he's had to rely on, we have to pick up two points anyway necessary, to now recognizing what his, his team has evolved into for this stretch and where the focus
0: needs to be. Uh, Max Pacioretty's third game back tonight. He has a point in each game so far. Mark Stone will play his eighth game after returning from uh, his injury and he's been a, a a regular point producer a point per game just shy of that uh, one off that yep. in uh, in his performances. I I think their production as a as a combination of two guys that missed a bunch of hockey has been like oh, that surpassed my expectations. How they've been able to step in and and give you points on the board.
1: I, it it does, but at the same time, it, it kind of doesn't for me. Like as 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 far as Max Pacioretty goes, like I just think he's getting better, right? Like I just think oh, yeah. he's he's putting in the work. He's getting better, and you know, I as much as you wanted him in the lineup, uh, anytime you you get a little extra rest, if it if that's what. You know, you're looking at this being a long season for everybody. Um, you know, maybe there's there's a silver lining there for Max Pacioretty, but I thought against Nashville, he looked fantastic. Uh, some stutter steps. He didn't look like he was uh, really uh, impeded at all with his skating. And just the instincts that Pacioretty and Stone have together, where to go, where the other guy's going to be, uh, they're so good together. But you missed seventeen chem- games. I I, 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 I you. hear you. I hear you. But you know the the thing that doesn't change for a guy like Mark Stone is the operating system. Right? It's his brain, and he thinks the game at such a high level that I, I think even if there's um, a limitation with with just moving around or getting back into a feel for the game, his brain's still there, and he's still able to make plays that other players just can't.
0: Uh, Stone. Stevenson, Pacioretty have been good. Stevenson uh, continues to lead this team a- in points, and you kinda, you're kind of kind of waiting for Pacioretty and Stone to, to really break out. Now, I don't know whether it's too early for, for, for Pacioretty or not uh, being his third game, and then uh, had a the bit of a, uh, a light schedule over the last few days, but his work that he did in the off season in taking his game to another level, uh, should not be uh, just over passed over because yeah. of uh, of the injury. Uh, that that first game against Seattle, he was all world. Uh, I think the power play is going to just take off uh, with, yeah. with him back yeah. in the lineup. They they only had one against Edmonton, uh-huh. but they did everything but but score. And and Pacioretty had seven <laughs> shot attempts <laughs> yeah. on one power play. Uh, so so keep an eye on that tonight and and the next uh, they play Arizona on Friday and then uh, Calgary Flames so we've got another set of tickets to give away uh on on that front on on Sunday but I I think I think Pacioretty Stone and that power play unit just might be able to uh be in the in the midst of uh, of a countdown to a rocket launch
1: yeah, I, I don't disagree with you at all. I, I was very much encouraged by the Golden Knights' power play opportunity they had against the Edmonton Oilers. The puck movement was there. The the variety in looks, even though it was Max Pacioretty that that the Golden Knights were looking for, they were setting up that shot. There were a, a number of different ways that they tried to get the puck over to Pacioretty. Uh, and anytime you hem a team in for a minute 45, and you're winning puck battles, you're getting to lose pucks. You're you're forcing. The penalty kill to defend for that long. If you can replicate that, it's going to lead to power play goals.
0: We'll we'll keep an eye on on that front. Now you're you started October. I think the numbers were zero in October and then 15% in November. Mm-hmm. I I see this as as a power play that there's there's no reason why it can't be in the 22, 24% range and supplant and uh, I, I will also add that the the penalty killing side of it that generates so many opportunities should I, I put them both together yeah and 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 lump that uh that in with the power play and the goal production uh from that and and make it uh, a team especially with so many of the same players playing on it but i i I see this as becoming a, a real big threat uh, for this team. This this is also, Ryan, and you would know this because uh, you you do the advanced uh, scheduling and you're all over the place, like over at the Parkway Tavern. Uh, this is the second busiest month for the Golden Knights. So the, the, the health part of it is coming together at the perfect time. Uh, they're going to play 15 games this month, and yeah. I, I can't imagine what, what that's, that's going to be like uh, by the time you, you get through. And then january and february get a bit of a lull and then it cranks back up to the the busiest month with 16 games in march but uh there's there's real benefit to where this team is health-wise right now starting with the anaheim ducks tonight
1: yeah 100 percent. this month is is kind of a, a grind and it's it's hearkening back to last year it's it's really the same type of schedule that we saw in the the truncated season last year for the Vegas Golden Knights, and you know you're either playing back to back or you're playing every other day and, and three and four nights, and that's that's going to be the reality for this club. But you, know, you bring up the point of of getting back some players in the lineup that you can really rely on and depend on, and you know your your hope is that you're you're able to you know maybe minimize some of the impactful minutes you're going to have to put on the legs of say an Alex Petrangelo or a Mark Stone uh, because if you're playing the right way and you're finding you know leads early on in games or whatever the case may be uh, maybe you can balance out the ice time a little bit and, and, and you know give some relief to the players that have been in the lineup healthy all year long and i think that this stretch for the golden knights this month is going to be an incredibly important one for what the the back half and how much the golden knights are going to have to push for wins down the stretch it's all going to kind of play out here in this
0: month well when you're chasing the game those minutes go up significantly so first goal in games we we like to track some of those numbers well the bigger numbers are the is the ice time of these players when you can establish a two nothing lead uh, instead of going down like uh, a pair and it's been volatile a two nothing lead Vegas has been very effective when it comes to coming back and erasing those multi goal deficits but it comes at a price yeah. and, and that is is wear and tear on bodies in trying to get to it now part part of that was they were going to play bigger minutes anyway because there wasn't the options uh, for, for Pete DeBoer to, to lean on. But compare compare Petrangelo's ice time just the last couple of games. Uh, they The Golden Knights had a 2-0 lead against St. Louis. Now, St. Louis came back in that game, but the, the minutes were, were under 22.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, against Edmonton, uh, the Oilers established the early control of the game and Petrangelo ends up playing three seconds short of 30. Yep. That's the difference between uh, having an early edge and and chasing a game throughout. You would much rather have Petrangelo in, in the area of 22 and a half to 24 minutes. Even though he can play more, uh, you're trying to balance this, especially going into a month like we're, we're going. There is a sweet spot. Uh, about five games ago, where where Petrangelo was 22, and he was 21, and he was 21-42. There was that that great balance where they were able to to manage his minutes and control his minutes a, a lot. And you you'll be able to throw in uh, uh, the forward units like a Stone and and Pacioretty and Stevenson uh, along with Smith with the penalty killing uh, side of it. Uh, you're gonna have to be able to to manage those minutes and tonight like being able to be great right out of the gate mm-hmm. is going to be a part that will follow with with great intrigue over the next uh, 31 days
1: yeah and it, it's an interesting one because again you look at the last two games for vegas in nashville and uh at home against the edmonton oilers and i thought First periods, probably the the two two stronger first periods that they've had, uh, in you know in various stretches this year. So it appears that the starts process wise are are getting better for the Golden Knights. Now it's about uh, getting the results and and going to the second period with a lead. Uh, that's that's kind of the big one for me with with Vegas. Is you know you get a lead early on in this game against Anaheim. You don't give them anything. You don't let them come back. You don't let them think they can hang around. Uh, you put You put your foot down and and you find uh, a way to kind of break the will
0: of the Anaheim Ducks as early in this game as possible. Well, have you heard a starting goaltender for Anaheim yet? I have not. Uh, Only once has John Gibson started uh, back-to-back games Hmm. in his career. And we're we're talking close to 300 starts. Yeah. Uh, so that that leads me to believe that Anthony Stollers will go tonight, based yeah. on on past performance, uh, coming off the game against the the LA Kings last night. And isn't that interesting? Well, where Anaheim's looking right now, the, like, the their number one guy goes against their biggest rival, and then you uh, then you take your chances with the back half in the. Uh, uh, back up in the back half uh, mm-hmm. in game number two tonight, so uh, it, you might not get Ryan Getzlaf because he doesn't sound like he's going to play uh, after getting banged up in the first period last night against LA, and you may get the backup in the uh, in the second half of two and two. So an opportunity uh, maybe looming before the game even starts for Vegas.
1: Yeah, one hundred percent. I I like the I mean I like the the spot if it is Stolarz against uh, the Golden Knights because. You know, John Gibson is one of those goaltenders that is capable of stealing a game. And statistically, in a much smaller sample size this year, Stolarz has been very, very good. Maybe even just better numbers than than John Gibson. But I don't think anything's going to be, you know, easier on, on Vegas. It's going to be on on the Golden Knights to, to play their game and really pepper Stolars or John Gibson, whoever's playing. Uh, and that's the, that's the biggest thing with John Gibson against the Golden Knights. Like it, it is, usually forty shots on goal for Vegas, and John Gibson is usually really good through thirty-two, thirty-three shots on goal. Yeah, he's and a free then, show for, yeah, for the and first then, part. And then he just breaks down because he is exhausted from the shooting gallery. So I, I, you know, I, I don't think anything changes in, in the Golden Knights' perspective or their mind. They, they focus in on on getting into the offensive zone, holding on to pucks and winning that possession battle and finding
0: goals. The difference now is is Anaheim can respond. Yeah, they're just not holding on hoping for a bounce. And they worked hard, but now there's some skill that can generate some goals on the counterattack. And that's where they mostly score their their goals right now uh, at this stage of their rebuild. Now, Vegas is the better team. Vegas is the better team now even with a couple players out of the lineup, but it's i i don't see this as like a, a shot share of fifty one twenty five like it used to be it, it'll be a little bit more balanced but i'll still be uh disappointed if the if the result doesn't favor vegas tonight yeah i'm with you right there uh we're going to take a break when we come back uh we'll have one timers news and notes from around the national hockey league and also uh, give you a chance to win some more tickets which includes right now so give us a call 702-876-1340 we have two more tickets to watch the Vegas Golden Knights play the Calgary Flames coming up on this Sunday. Ryan, give me a caller number. I'm going to go caller number 88.
1: Um,
0: caller number 88, you're a winner. Biggie, a little biggie uh, action uh, from Eric Lindros today in the National. Well, I was thinking
2: Oculate. Patrick Kane.
0: I know you were thinking Patrick Kane. Uh, and then that's that, that's not a bad drop in uh, with all the memory shared with him, uh, about Frank and, and Frank's passing. So uh, Patrick Kane uh, or Eric Lenderos or Andre Vasilevsky. Either way, it's call number 88 to 702-876-1340. We'll send you to Sunday's game against the Calgary Flames of the Vegas Golden Knights uh, return home. This is the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. <laughs> to the near wing, big shot, he scores.
2: It's time for one-timers. Quick looks at some of the biggest stories of the day, and it's a tie hockey game on the BGK Insider Show.
0: Jake DeBrusk has asked for a trade out of the Boston Bruins. Uh, That's making headlines on the other side of the conference divide in the National Hockey League. Uh, His totals have steadily decreased since he broke into the National Hockey League, but he's also a player that's got some bite to his game when mm-hmm. he's going good, when he's full of confidence, and he's got some skill. First round pick of the Boston Bruins, and he was part of that incredibly historic but disappointing first round stretch for the Boston Bruins. I think they drafted 12, 13, 14, or it was 14, 15, 16, right, mm-hmm. right in the middle of the first round. They had three picks, yep. uh, and they tried shopping them all around. They, they, they didn't, as far as I remember, uh, never intended to keep all three picks, but at the, at the end of the day, they they were like the, they got stuck, and had to make all three selections. And yeah. DeBrus is the only one that's half turned out, and now that's uh, a relationship that's gone uh, the other way. There is plenty of interest, from what I'm seeing in him, and yeah. some of it actually comes from Edmonton, his hometown team.
1: Yeah, I I mean that would be that would be a great fit. I think I. I you know, I look at Jake DeBrusca, you know the skills there, you know the bites there. Um, you, you get him into a situation where he's playing with uh, two of the best players in the world, if that's kind of how it shakes out in Edmonton. I, I think that that makes the Oilers an even deeper team and an even scarier team, uh, and a team that would be capable of, of finding goals when it really matters in the playoffs when things get tighter you need players like Jake DeBrusque who goes to the front of the net and isn't afraid to to get to that
0: area to find ways to score. He's a really frustrated player right now and has been sat out of the lineup but yeah, I mean can you see Jake DeBrusque scoring 20 plus goals in 5-6 seasons in a row? Yeah! Mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, if, if, if he's happy and he's in the right spot uh, I, I think there's a lineup for teams looking at acquiring him whether you're and this this could go to an Arizona that's rebuilding or this could go to uh, a contender like Carolina or, or an Edmonton I'll be really interested to see where this goes now the the issue for Jake in wanting a trade is going to come into the fact that Brad Marchant is not in the lineup right now and they kind of need him mm-hmm. Uh to go so let's uh let's see whether or not uh it's imminent or whether it takes a little bit of time but she's owed a four million dollar qualifying offer um i'll say 12 teams are legitimately interested wow i'll go 31 have (laughs) have like poked around there
1: yeah I, i don't think that that's that's that far off and uh you know fortunately i i think um you know the, the suspension for Marshan's only what three games, yeah. so uh, you get a, a good three-game stretch from Jake DeBrusque. A motivated player, maybe, uh, you know he, he shows off and, and goes off, and that that facilitates the trade a little bit easier, um, or it makes it a little bit more difficult. I'm not sure, but uh, go do you, Jake DeBrusque. Have yourself a three-game stretch, and then hopefully. Uh, you're put into a better situation than the one you're currently in right now with Boston. you know
0: in, in in memory of frank harnish uh, i'll throw the blackhawks right into this mix yeah. like could you yeah. see could you see jake to and they've they've taken uh the flyers on a couple of different players oh, over the last number of years this one would be an, even with the frustration and the lack of confidence in jake's game right now uh-huh. uh Yeah, that's that's not bad. Like he would he would add to a pretty nice young core that they've they've got building there. Uh, You mentioned Drew Dowdy earlier in the show, in Trevor Zegers making a nice move and dancing around the game. Yeah, Uh, Dowdy returned. Kind of happened quietly. All of a sudden, (laughs) I'm watching the game. Like, how did I miss now? I've been in and out of the loop in the last couple of days. Yeah, but I thought, when did I miss Drew Dowdy's return? And thankfully, I didn't because it was it was first game back. But L.A. they got through it pretty well without their best player.
1: Yeah, I, well, I mean, you have to make do with what you have, and and you know, for the L.A. Kings, I I think you know certainly played well enough for a seven game win streak uh, in in the middle of that with Drew Dowdy out. Like you're you're going to love those stretches for sure, and. I'm interested, legitimately interested, to see what Drew Doughty has in store over the next month because this is a player that's highly motivated by a lot of things. Playing for Canada in the Olympics is one of them, and knowing that he missed time and knowing that at the beginning of the year he wasn't on that short list of, of, you know, sought of uh, players that that could be going to the Olympics for Canada, I, I think that there's going to be a fire lit under Drew Doughty, unlike... The normal one that's always lit under him. I'm telling you, I think he's going to do some things uh, over the next month because, quite frankly, he needs to make up for lost time with the injury.
0: I think he's there. Uh, his, the start to I, a season. I, 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 th- I think he's there.
1: I, I think, I think that like if it were me i'd i'd put him there 100 like that's there's no way i'm question. hiring
0: you to be the general manager of team canada well i mean i'm not canadian so exactly okay, get it. that's I e- that, that. that's exactly why
1: i'm just saying like as an american that's <laughs> that's looking at kind of you know what your goaltending might be oh boy um <laughs> i'm gonna make sure that the, the the defense is really really good and drew dowdy the way he started the year and what i think he's capable of doing when he's motivated um yeah, he's on my roster, but, you know, I, I want to win. Uh, so, you know, maybe if he's not, you guys just don't want to win. Like, that's fine.
0: What do you think of the five-game suspension of Brandon Lemieux?
1: Um, I heard you I'll, talk about it the other day, I, the, the actual honest, incident. I, I, but. I, I, I'd much rather talk about the incident than the suspension. Um, yeah, I mean, like, y- you shouldn't bite people. Like, I, I don't really know where else to go with that. Uh, so, I you know... Could you have gone longer? Probably. Um, did you
0: watch the player safety uh, I, video? I, I didn't, it. no. No, it was it was awesome because it shows it zeroes in and the camera work was incredible. I talked to Darren Pang <laughs> on, the, on the church this week about it. Yeah. And Pang is like, one of the great things was how do the cameras get all in there? Yeah. I'm sure people have bit before, but you never had proof. You actually had you saw Lemieux <laughs> biting uh Kachuk's Brady's hand. But but the so you see him bite the hand, and then Brady comes out of the the pile, and he holds up his hand. Yeah, with bleeding. Yeah, but that's actually the other hand. <laughs> so so the suspension, <laughs> the five game suspension, that Bren Lemieux is handed. Yeah, was for for biting, the hand that wasn't even bleeding, which tells you that that he bit him on both both uh, hands. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. Um,
1: yeah. I mean, like. I, I don't feel like this is something we should have to say here. But, I mean, this is this is the same league that had a player lick another one. So, uh, don't bite people. Don't lick people. Don't generally use your mouth as a weapon when you are on the ice.
0: I'm not, I'm Biting is for babies. People. I'm kind of surprised more people don't bite. Why? Why? Well, somebody sticks your hand in your face. I mean... I'm not like saying I, it's right. Like I'm I'm just get saying saying, I get that. Well, I'm, you I'm,
1: don't bite because you get suspended, Darren. Because, mm. I mean, when was the last time you bit somebody?
0: Oh, it's been... Maliciously. It's been at least six, seven weeks. Wow. Yeah. Huh. My kid used to bite every now and then. And yeah? Like when she was five or six.
1: She's going to listen to this and she's going to start doing it again. She's going to start doing it again. Yeah. I, I
0: I don't I don't blame her. I, I think... I think Kiprios was accused of biting one time, (laughs) and Tommy McVee was the opposition coach and called him Van Kiprios, Uh, (laughs) or Van Kiprios, Uh, was it? Yeah, so it was it was kind of cool. Uh, I I don't know. Brendan Lemieux, five games. Uh, I like the fact that the LA Kings were like the coach was disappointed in him. Uh, Did you see twenty five grand for Rod the Bod? Yeah. his conduct uh, the other night in, mm-hmm. in, a, in a tough loss against Washington. Yep. yep. 25K. Gone. And he was yeah. surprised. He he didn't think he was going to get uh, suspended because he, he walked uh, a very uh, tight line towards uh, being critical of the officials mm-hmm. and said it was a shame that they decided it. But yeah. never mentioned the officials uh, after the game. Now his actions during the game certainly let you know that uh, that he was not happy with the <laughs> Sebastian Ajo slash. Yeah. Uh, but but twenty five k. That's he's been fined fifty grand in the last wow. three years. So, I just I
1: think that he's such an intimidating uh, man that yeah, any other coach that that does that on the bench probably doesn't get fined. But uh, it's Rod, and he's scary. So. Uh, Throw the book at him. I don't know. I don't like. I don't. I don't feel like it. It. The, I don't feel like the comments, and I don't feel like the actions on the bench were were worthy of that suspension. I, I he's really got don't. a
0: great stomp, doesn't he?
1: Well, yeah. I mean, he's he's menacing, right? Like, I I don't want him to yell at me like that.
0: I thought well, at one point he'd been kicked out, but no, he was just <laughs> marching down the bench, and they came right back.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, you know what? That's a really good point. If if it wasn't enough in the moment. To kick him out of the game, then yeah. I like I don't think that he should be. That's uh, what, I be think fine. it was his
0: post game comments mm. that that pointed towards the officials because he got he got whacked during the bubble because yeah. of going after the officials and that he knew he was going to get but he was he was legitimately surprised uh, that uh, that he got he got fined uh, out of this one uh, it's a uh, abbreviated edition of one timers do we have more tickets.
2: We do. Actually, it's to see your, well, the team you rooted for when you were a kid on the 10th of December.
0: Oh, the Philadelphia Flyers.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: You have a good memory.
2: Well, I mean, it's part of my job to remember things that you like.
0: But you, you like you don't remember to do anything that no. you're supposed to do. No, no, no. But you remember all the other stuff. That's that's pretty good. Yeah. Well,
2: I I like you, so I like I, I like to remember <laughs> things that I know you like. Okay. So I'm
0: going to give, give it away. Caller number sixteen in honor of Bob Clark. Uh, be the uh, caller number sixteen to 702-876-1340 and uh, we will send you to the game on December 10th against the Philadelphia Flyers. Catching up with Chapman is next on Fox Sports Las Vegas.
2: When the guy wouldn't stop talking, we had no choice but to give him his own segment. It's time for Catching Up with Chapman.
0: I love about our program is the interaction and the buy-in that we have from our uh, female audience. And uh, two uh, ladies win tickets today, including Bobby, who's going to the game uh, against the Philadelphia Flyers on December 10th. So that's uh, awesome. Five sets of tickets that we gave away today. We rock and roll on the VGK Insider Show as we send it over to Chapman.
2: Yeah, we, we do. We do rock and roll. And I don't know if you I, I don't think you touch on this in uh, one timers, but Tyler Bertuzzi placed in uh, COVID protocol. Anyway,
0: not uh, vaccinated.
2: No, no. So he may be out a while. Uh, but uh,
0: well, he's one of those players that has to go into protocol if he's a close contact.
2: Oh, yeah. So hopefully like, you remember
0: the Robin Leonard picture with with John uh, Jonathan the So
2: yes, yes.
0: And March. So price in the COVID protocol. If Leonard's not vaccinated, he would have had to go into COVID protocol. But because he was double vaxxed, he was able to uh, continue playing.
2: Yeah. So uh, catching up with Chapman today, uh, we're going to talk about. Austin Matthews, who shaved his mustache for charity, I know he raised a bunch of money, and he scored a goal tonight against Colorado. And seeing him without the uh, the nose warmer was was pretty interesting. I don't know if you've seen the picture of him without the mustache, but Austin Matthews he looks quite a bit different when he doesn't have that mustache on his face. What are you saying? I'm saying it's just an interesting look for him because I, you know, don't we I've,
0: all look different without. Dusters? I don't.
2: I don't know. I, I. I mean, but there's some people who just look drastically different without the the old feather duster and uh, like everybody. Yeah, but he looks. I don't know. I'm. I'm just saying. he... Is
0: your catching up with Chapman really about somebody looking different without a mustache? Well, no. I
2: no. It was. A, it was about how it was very cool that he raised all that money for charity. Hey, hey Chapman.
1: Hey, Chapman. Yes. When when you saw the picture of Austin Matthews without his mustache and holding the dog, did you think that the dog was the mustache?
2: Yes. Yes, I did. I. I was like, oh my god, look at look at that that dog. Or look at that mustache. It looks just like a dog.
0: Was but... a doggy in a window?
2: <laughs> how much? The one with the <laughs> waggly tail. <laughs> I I I, oh I knew boy. that song was old, but I didn't realize it was that old.
1: That's a modern pop culture reference for Darren. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That,
0: that, that's very true. But I didn't. I honestly didn't expect uh, Chapman to go right into the to the rhyme. Yeah,
2: well, well, I mean, that, that I think that goes back to the days of Darren riding around in the Model T. I mean, jeez. <laughs>
0: boy i tell you what uh, trying to get that thing into third gear was a challenge i can
2: imagine yeah did did the mom and dad wear the goggles when you guys were on the uh the road
0: goggles for sure yeah
2: yeah driving from brandon to the old winnipeg you're
0: you're making fun of wearing goggles in a vehicle but have, have you ever like traveled in something without a front windshield
2: i you know what i i lived in asia and i owned a scooter yeah, I had a helmet, and I used to wear these like cool little aviator goggles with my scooter. And,
0: and it wasn't—it wasn't like for the wind; it was the bugs.
2: Yes. Oh, and in Taiwan, believe me, in the summertime, mosquitoes everywhere. So some of the places I had to drive, it was—it was almost required to have either a face shield or, in my case, the old goggles. To uh... so
0: you were making fun of me with the goggles, <laughs> and, and now you've come around to it.
2: Well, I'm, I've never been above poking fun at myself, so. If I could take you down with me, I'm going to do
0: it. (laughs) Well done, Chapman. Tom Selleck looked way different without the mustache. Didn't he? Yeah, so different. Uh, The pregame show is coming up next with Ryan Wallace. We'll be back tomorrow on the VGK Insider Show in Fox Sports Las Vegas.